0: download the app, Bet Big, Win Bigger. I've gotta tell you, I really like the sound of that, and with WinBet, it's just that easy. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. So if you're from Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, or right here in Virginia, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $5, win $400. If you're a new WinBet player, you can make your first deposit of $20 or more and become eligible for the offer after opting in. Following your first deposit, you can place a minimum $5 straight bet on any spread over under or money line wager with odds of minus 120 or greater and have a chance to win $400 as a free bet credit. Come on, guys and gals. Download the WinBet app now or visit dot tcom Download the app bet big, and win bigger, and let's get after it. Terms and conditions apply must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too.
1: 1-800-889-9789. Welcome to the Greenlight Podcast. Cowboy. Mm. Stanford Steven Chris recap one hell of a divisional round. I mean the Chiefs, Bills, Chris was there. He'll run you through his afternoon at the game. He had some fun. And then we recap each of the four games. Best plays, best performances, great play calls. And then stick around to the end of the show today. We've got some highlights from our live stream, the Bengals Titans we live streamed on Saturday. Check that out Greenlight Tube. We've got some fun conversations from that stream so stick around for that and enjoy today's show love is love
2: Play.
0: Kansas City.
1: Hey, hey, hey. hey, hey.
0: As, if you didn't notice, I'm not doing hellos. I'm going to let Macon have that thing, and and, and we're going to do the hey, hey, hey. Legendary by that official. We talked about that with Mike Pereira. Hey, I just saw one of the best uh, games I've ever seen. I'm going to keep it brief and get to Stanford Steve. I was in Kansas City for that barn burner. I know some people are into you know sloppy defensive football games, hand up. But this one, uh, if I'm going to watch a shootout, I want those two guys in the driver's seat. Mahomes, Allen. I mean, like, it's a shame somebody lost this game. This is why QB wins are a dumb thing in the playoffs without the context of like, hey, Josh Allen lost a football game this weekend, but he didn't really lose a football game. And overtime, save your complaining. I mean, this has been a thing for a while. If you don't want to lose a game like that, don't go into overtime. It's sketchy. It's, uh, it's after hours. Things are risky. Al Grow used to tell me and the team, nothing good ever happens after midnight out, out at a bar. And that's not entirely true. A lot of you might be saying, well, coach grow. Um, that's not entirely true, but nothing that you hear about, uh, when it comes to an NFL team, I feel like you can give your locker room the same rundown of what it's like to go into overtime. Like nothing necessarily good happens in overtime. Like let's, let's avoid getting there and uh and and the bills really could have avoided getting there i think they should have squib kicked that ball and i don't think they they have to see Mahomes in overtime so there's always something that you can control and kansas city turned that you know that rule in a couple years ago to the competition committee they tried to get that change well you don't want to change it here you go we'll take advantage Patrick Mahomes winning in the toss in overtimes like Tom Brady went in the toss in overtime. I remember in the Super Bowl when we won the toss in overtime defense, we said uh, the front, we just put our helmets on the ground and we're not going back out there. And I'm sure Kansas City felt the same way, but I've never seen a game like that. I've never been in an atmosphere like that. I, I maintain that Arrowhead is not the loudest place I've ever been. Um, I think Seattle's louder. I think New Orleans at times can be louder. But this place is i'm in love with it you know like the retro kind of vibe the the sea of automobiles like there's no hey here's lot g lot a. maybe there is like field g field h field but as far as i can tell you just pull in find a spot in the grass and fucking make a fire you know jimmy rig your tv and drink 12 beers like we were there three four hours early we relate to the party, uh, what a party it is. And it's so retro. Everybody's got those old retro jackets. It's a retro stadium. It looks like the nineties. Uh, I loved it now. Granted shout out to Jack and those guys, the people who took care of us in our suite, we had a great viewing experience. Sweet life was great. Kentucky mules on tap. Are you kidding me? There were these pretzels were so fucking good. I feel like the Midwest has the whole the whole starches thing or bread thing figured out. Like carbs, they got carbs figured out. They had different kinds of pretzels. They had sweet. They had savory. They had heaters outside the, the sweet. And most importantly, I had my gummies. So Arrowhead on gummies. I felt like I was a part of a living organism. This stadium is incredible. It's a piece of history. And it should be treated as such. It was so loud. I mean, pass rushers have it good there and a little twist of the knife. You know, a lot of people get to play in an environment like that, their whole career, the only celebrity fan we had, well, not the only shout out to Ty Burrell and a few others uh, in St. Louis was Nelly and they roll out a bunch of speakers at halftime and lo and behold, it's our old, celebrity fan in I think I I don't know if he had a Mikole Hardman jersey on, um, up in the sky box there, doing a six minute set, probably making five figures. And I don't blame him. You know, uh the Rams leaving. He had nowhere to go. He had to, you know, head head west on 40 um, and make his money in Kansas City. I'm not even mad at him. I'm not mad at the Chiefs for plucking our only celebrity fan, but I gotta admit, it was like a little bit of a fucked up feeling. I was like, I thought I thought we had Nelly. Well, I guess nobody, nobody's a St. Louis Rams fan anymore. We don't exist. But on the other side of the state, boy, do they have it figured out. Awesome atmosphere. Would recommend. And I will be back for another Chiefs game. I don't care if Kyle doesn't play next year. I don't care if Kyle's not on the Chiefs next year. I think I might just like come back to Arrowhead. That was so live. So I'm going to give you a, a, a layup line. It's going to be... Durando, it's going to be packing up because I'm packing up and I'm leaving Kansas City. Um, and I've had that that song stuck in my head the last week. So apologies for the late podcast. I'm doing this from Kyle's Gamer Den here in the basement. There's food crumbs everywhere. There's there's a giant hard drive behind like a uh, plexiglass. He plays video games on a computer. He's one of those guys, PC gamer. He's down here playing Legends of Zelda. I'm playing on the road. This is like podcasting in Arrowhead. Any moment, he might bust the door open wanting to play fucking Fortnite. What do I say? I say, yes. I mean, he's, he's huge. He's like 330. He's got traps up to his ears. I don't get to see my brother a lot. So this has been really fun when you work in the NFL, when you play in the NFL, as my brothers and I, all three of us, Howie working for the Raiders. Kyle playing for the Chiefs and the Bears throughout his career. We don't get to see each other a lot. So really cool spending time with Kyle. We were up shooting the shit till three, four in the morning. I felt like, and then I had to prep for this. So we'll go through this with Steve. And then we did a fun live stream over the weekend with Cincinnati and and Tennessee. We are trying to get Green Light Tube popping, man. You know, you guys always tell me, Hey, thank you for the content. Thanks for putting me in a good mood. Thanks for helping me win my bets. Thank me by going over to green light tube. I'll remind you once more after Steve. Uh, but I've got a couple little blurbs from our live streams over the weekend. Some shooting the shit with Dr. Facts to give you a little and cowboy read to give you a little idea of what we do on green light tube during big games. And we want to pump those numbers this weekend. So just open your laptop this weekend and enjoy the ride with us on Sunday. We will be live streaming. So please help us out. I know some of y'all aren't YouTube people, but dip your toe in the water. Okay, green light tube. Um, stick around. We will have some blurbs from that to give you an idea of what we got. So, Stanford Steve, and, uh, and then in a couple of days, we got Michael Strahan. So, that's what's on the horizon. Enjoy Steve. Enjoy the little blips from Saturday, and uh, y'all take care. It's really that time of year, and your team might finally do it. Or if you're a Chiefs fan, you might want to just book the trip now. This year, Super Bowl 56 is in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. February 13th. You can scour resellers to buy an overpriced ticket closer to the day. Of course you can. Or you can lock in the Super Bowl experience of a lifetime now with our friends at On Location. True 50-yard line seats? Only available with On Location. An invite to celebrate on the field with the champs? On Location. Yes, you want to craft a perfect confetti angel just like I did? Go to the game with On Location. And it's not just about game day. From dinner with NFL legend Marcus Allen to pre-game parties featuring acoustic sets from Wyclef, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is offering you the most exclusive ticket packages available. Visit onlocationexp.com forward slash SB56 or search Super Bowl On Location. That's Super Bowl On Location. Steve, I'm live from the uh, the gamer den. This is where Kyle plays his, his, his video games that he plays on a computer. You know, he's one of those guys. Uh-huh. He's okay. a PC gamer. Yeah, this is his den. I'm a little bit concerned about, you know, it's very dirty. I'll put it that way. There's a lot of spitters and, and all types of food and crumbs and that sort of thing.
3: Don't drink the spitters. You know that rule.
0: (laughs) I absolutely know that rule. Never (laughs) happened to me, but I've seen it happen to a few.
3: Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) It's not uh, chocolate milk. Um, Kansas City, Buffalo. The best game you've seen since when? Oof. uh,
3: Trying to rack that thing. Probably since, I don't know, the three games prior to it this weekend. Like, you think about what we saw this weekend, Chris, with, with Saturday with the one seats going down. And then it just felt like Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth are trying just to will Tom Brady back in the game. Like, you know, we've mm-hmm. sort of seen this before. And you're just watching it. And you're just watching uh, L.A. just tee off on the Bucs O-line. You're like, it, it can't happen. He's not. He doesn't have enough time. They're not going to get the ball enough times. The Rams have played so well. And then turnover, turnover, turnover. Right. And it's just like, holy shit. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know, Seahawks, Patriots, Super Bowl? Yeah. I don't know. Like That yeah. that was absolutely insane um, to me. I also had Seahawks in that game, too, so that one hurt. Uh, your guys, Super Bowl uh, with the Pats and the Falcons. Um, I, It's just what you saw – from these two guys and what is expected of them. And when I talk about the expectations of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, I'm talking about what these teams put on their plate, Chris. Like I'm watching the games with Tim Hasselbeck last night and he's just like, and I'm like, look at what Josh Allen is doing. He's got to run quarterback power. Then he runs quarterback sweep. All right. Third and nine. We need you here to make the best throw of the game. And that, that, that little, uh, Hits Dino route. He hits Davis on on the fourth down. That's how good he was. He saw that as soon as he falls down. He's looking at him, and he drills it. If he sees him any later, Gabe Davis is running so fast, I think he's going to go out of the end zone. Um, But the fourth down where 24, what's our guy's name from South Carolina, Melvin Ingram uses the Reggie White hump move.
0: Oh, that was beautiful. Was it not? I
3: mean, absolutely. But, like, so he's basically unblocked. Another guy runs free. Allen gets out of it and gets the yardage on the fourth down to, to overcome. And then you look at Mahomes' first drive of the game, where it's just like, oh boy, we got we got locked in Mahomes here um, with his scrambling ability, and just to see them go back and forth, it's just it, it was incredible. Um, yeah. They're both as, as good as you could be, and you know, it, I just I I, I can't like. I don't know what to say to Buffalo people. I really don't.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where I was walking out of the stadium and uh, the sentiment was, you know, we're glad we won. But I I don't think that they would have been upset had they lost. But I feel like everybody in that stadium would have respected the outcome of that football game no matter what happened because it was such a classic. And I think everything we're talking about with the quality of this game and kind of the gunslinger nature of the fourth quarter and overtime, I mean, this was Pac-12 after dark with competitive, you know, competent quarterback play. Pros, with (laughs) pros. These were pro-executing teams and quarterbacks short of Kansas City in the red zone. I mean, the free access they were allowing was ridiculous. Of course, they played most of the game or a lot of the game without the signal caller defensively. So uh, that's going to be a big question next week. I just – the entire thing is framed by the fact when we talk about everything Josh Allen did with the fact that he did it on the road, in one of the most hostile environments in the NFL. I have never seen a game at Arrowhead. I mean, I played there. I played there early in the season when we were there in 2017, and we weren't supposed to be that good, and we played, that was the Super Bowl year. Then we played the Chiefs and lost. It was a close ball game, noon game. And I remember thinking, oh, this place is loud, but this was playoff Kansas City. And I have never seen anything like it. I I talked about it in the open just chills thinking about that. I will never forget that stadium last night and Josh Allen damn near brought the place down. Yeah. I mean, so really impressive. And when you're walking out of the game, somebody asked me last night, well, if you're Buffalo, what do you do now? You do nothing. You do whatever you were going to do. Anyways, this loss instructs only that it just so happens you're in the AFC and you've got to deal with burrow, Mahomes, Herbert, the next 10 to 15 years. And I think if you're Roger Goodell, talk about a best plane ride, wherever he was flying last night, he's thinking laughing. <laughs> I can take a deep breath because these guys are going to be throwing the ball around the yard the next 10 to 15 years. And so if you're Buffalo, I think you feel even better about that quarterback than you did when you woke up yesterday. No yeah, I mean, it was unbelievable. He threw the ball 58 yards on one little baby crow hop. His foot hit the, I think it was like the 20, and he yeah. climbed like the yard. And, and next thing you know, Davis catches the ball on the opposing 22-yard line.
3: But, Chris, that's just the biggest part of the game. They're down nine. They absolutely need a score. Like, they can't – the crowd's going crazy. It's the biggest yeah. lead of the game. You absolutely have to have an answer there. And he does it in one play. And I don't know how he does it because – the, the safety is straight backpedaling as soon as the snap goes. Yeah. And to me, one of the other guys that, I mean, obviously with his record setting performance, but Gabriel Davis, I didn't know he was that fast. Like when he ran that post route, then he runs the Dino route. Like those things are happening so fast. And to be able to catch those balls from Allen, who, you know, puts a lot on them. Yeah. Um, uh, is, it, it's just incredible. Um,
0: I mean, he broke I, a guy's legs, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. In the, I was, it was unbelievable. I, he was a big piece for them last year. Now he's yeah. he's kind of, this is one of those games that unfortunately for him, nobody's remembered remember it as the Gabriel Davis game, but this was the Gabriel Davis game. I mean, he outshined Cooper Cup. If, yes. if you'd have told me there was going to be a receiver not named Stephon Diggs or Tyreek Hill that was, was going to go for more than Cooper Cup did earlier in the day, I would have said you were crazy. And he really stepped up. And you mentioned this about Josh Allen. It's not just the throws, man. I mean, I was up in that suite you know, yelling, Hey, third and three, who do you think has the fucking ball for Mm -hmm. Buffalo? I mean, he's everything for them, whether it's fourth and four, whether it's third and three, he's going to be the guy keeping the ball. You almost have to overplay that. Um, And I ran into my old D line coach, Brendan Daly, who's now with Kansas city after the game. I said to him, I know you were yelling at people today, but like, you couldn't have meant it. Like, there's no way if, if I was playing for you right now, and josh allen you know bails out of the back of the end zone or out of the back of the pocket with the ball out there like a loaf of bread and and then rolls right and throws a piss missile to davis for 15 yards like that's not my fault yeah there's no coachable answer uh to to keeping him caged in the pocket a lot of times
3: i i just also think chris and i don't know if it gets talked about enough i sure look at it when i'm watching the game i know you're you're watching it too when you're down in a stance looking at the quarterback but how good these guys are pre-snap yeah like like josh allen i mean i don't think he gets i, I it's one thing that doesn't talk about like to see what they're doing to, to digs right and, and he ended up only totally getting seven targets uh i think it was three catches for seven yards and then just to be able to see, all right they're gonna do it again gabriel's my guy and i'm gonna feed him and i'm gonna mm-hmm. feed him and i'm gonna feed him, and it's, it's just incredible. And Mahomes, too. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about the 13-second drive, but it, it goes back to how the 49ers defended the Cowboys at the end of last week. And that's a really, really crazy dynamic because I understand people don't expect athletes to make mistakes, but people make mistakes in crunch time. That's what happens. It happens all the time. So, but, be, but, but Mahomes, knowing what he has to do Knowing the clock is totally against him and to be able to get the ball out that quick and know what they're doing, I still uh go back and look at the alignment on the corner, um, Buffalo on the Kelsey play. I do think he's still wide, and that's why that throwing lane is is so wide open and easy. But yeah. they still did it. Um and yeah, no, and see, got-
0: I, I had I had a problem with that, and I don't know what my problem is, but I feel like if you give Kelsey the ball like you almost have to play the sticks like it's third and six with a fourth and mm-hmm. six with the game on the line because I mean I'm worried about getting beat deep but I'm more worried about the fact that Kelsey's going to catch the ball with a with a full head start. yeah at you know at, at, at the 30 whatever it is like I got to go back and look but essentially where he catches the ball is unimportant you know he's going to run for three to five more yards and so yeah. I would have challenged him more. There were a couple of things Buffalo did um, at the end of the game before the half. And at the end of the game, not squibbing. I mean, like that's something that people picked picked up on. This game is completely, well, that game probably is theirs if if they squib kicked that ball. I mean, I was praying they didn't. As soon as mm-hmm. they put the ball in the air, I said, let that go. You obviously have the Kelsey issue that I just talked about. So, I thought there were a couple game management issues at the end of the game for them. But you're right. Like, we're talking about Buffalo. We're talking about Josh Allen. We should be talking about Mahomes. Yeah. The guy who's, there's there's been, everybody's had a flavor of the month this year you know, different quarterbacks and and with good reason. There's a lot of exciting new names on the scene. People really wrote this team off. You know, I damn near wrote this team off and my brother was on the team, but it's incredible, you know, kind of the competitive spirit he has and the, the, the mental edge that he has that you alluded to. 13 seconds ago, I guarantee he didn't flinch. It's just the type yeah. of leadership where you look at Mahomes, it's kind of like looking at the flight attendant on a turbulent flight. Like, that's who's going to tell you for fucked. Look at Mahomes. He's never going to look like he's rattled. And um, two completions right down the field and bang. We, we go to overtime. And the worst part about not challenging Kelsey is you never see the ball again. Mm-hmm. You never yeah. see the ball again. So, you know, there were times where Andy Reid got too cute. I didn't like uh, 81 under center on fourth and short in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought they called a brilliant game. Um, and and just the little things like the window to throw that ball into Tyreek Hill, that pocket oh, kind of closing in on him. He finds little yeah. avenues to 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 get the ball out um, that you go back and replay and say like his arm angle is just as impressive as Josh Allen throwing a piss missile from one one hash to the next, you know, 15 yards down the field. I mean, they they do things differently a little bit, but they're both otherworldly. So.
3: The touchdown of Tyreek Hill, I thought, was really the one that put Buffalo's defense really in a tough spot because you come out, you get the lead, and then they go, you know, they run the cover two man, and then Tyreek is so fast, he beats the guy with outside leverage. But that in route against a cover two man, where everybody's running vertical, everybody's got their backs to him, so he he puts the ball in a place where Tyreek doesn't miss a step. He stays full speed, and then for him to get that crease, you know. You know, if you're even, you're leaving, they say it. And he's easy. He, guys, have. I mean, Poyer um, and Hyde have bad angles uh, because of where they Those are. Those angles got
0: bad the, quick, didn't they? Exactly, I mean, because of his speed shit. and, and yeah. where the
3: ball was put. Yeah. Uh, so, it, to, again, to, to execute in that situation, and then Buffalo comes back and scores in, what, four plays. So now your defense is still winded. Because they're all chasing Tyreek. They come out at thirteen seconds. It's still that situation. Yeah, you practice it, but you still gotta, you know, tie you're you're just looking at the clock. Sure enough, Kansas City gets, you know, um enough yards uh on the first play and then the second play, you know they're gonna run vertical, but then they get the field goal. Now you come out in overtime, now you gotta line up for a whole drive. Yeah. Like I just thought they were um they were backpedaling the whole time and it's I mean, on the road, you mentioned that the frenzy of the stadium it's just a real, real tough dynamic for a defense to play and knowing what you're up against. And that's, that's ended up what being, what, what what was the problem?
0: And I got to say this man. And like the first drive, he took it into his own hands with his legs. I mean, like yeah. that was as big a moment as the last mm-hmm. drive, because this was a game you didn't want to end up playing, you know, chase with Buffalo, like not a fun game. And if you're Buffalo, one more thing before we close it out, I think, Again, I said this earlier, like, what do you do? Obviously you do what you were going to do in the offseason. You might have to replace coordinators. Um, you know, this was another Dable kind of masterpiece going into this mm-hmm. coaching cycle. Um, but you've come a long way in a year where I can remember last year, that offense having to go for it on fourth down or talk about going for it on fourth down routinely in the first half of uh, that Kansas city game, because you were playing Keep up. Um, and now Kansas City kind of felt like the elephant in the room was we got to play keep up with Buffalo. So they've come a long way in a year. They're they're in this thing year after year. I don't think anybody needs to panic. Um, that was just a great game. And honestly, Steve, I have never liked going to NFL games until last night. I mean, it really <laughs> was damn cool. Also, because you can see the whole field. And in a yes. game like that, with the passing attack oh. like at home, I would have been so, I would have, I just saw so much more. Mm-hmm. It was incredible on the back end. So um, amazing. And then I get to go home and watch the highlights and I get to hear the calls. You hear the crowd noise. You hear the shock in the stadium after late, the late Buffalo scores. You hear the, the mic picking up great motherfucker, the, one of the best motherfuckers on, on that Gabriel touchdown in the red zone. I mean, there's nothing like a quiet stadium on the road, and that place was amazing. Um, what a battle. So, And the coolest part was watching with my dad, Steve, where the last two minutes I was thinking to myself, first off, he's walking into a stadium that he was like hated in. Yeah. So it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, and it's kind of surreal to see like Kansas City fans like patting him on the shoulder and Hey, Howie, we hated you when you played, and we love you now. Um, But then watching him kind of staring down on the field the last two minutes, where I feel like we were pointing at our our watches every every five seconds. Too much time. It's too much time. A lot of time. When he played in 1986, can you imagine? You know, like seeing three scores in the final two minutes. Like no. just watching that game in that stadium, watching that style of football, it was probably a surreal experience for my pops too, and a lot of fun. So, um,
3: one thing you mentioned it was a hostile environment. Now, when I think of hostile environment, I think of the NFC Championship game, Case Keenum coming into town That's against hostile. you guys, yeah, and, and, and Meek Mill. Like, Philly is hostile. I would imagine Kansas is not as hostile not as 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 many cuss words right
0: no there's there's people saying fuck i think i mean like all right listen my favorite thing about that stadium is if you if you if you kind of zone out and like just squint a little bit into the the you know the mass of people it looks like 1997 it is incredibly retro everybody has their best 90 i like Vintage Kansas City jackets. I don't know how there are so many of them, but everybody has you know an old jacket from the you know the the Joe Montana year. Yeah, yeah, Derek Thomas days. Like back in the day. And I feel like it's just been a thing that they really do. There are no posers in that stadium. Mm. There's a sea of automobiles outside. Like when you pull in, it is really mind blowing to see the the amount of cars that are there yeah. three hours early. There's love, no
3: parking garage, right? It's just a the parking, no parking
0: garage. Like <laughs> people were out there partying. They have great gear. It feels like 1997. It's a retro stadium. It just it was, it was a really special experience for, you know, even a retired player because I totally get the fan experience in some moments. And this was one of them where I was just like, Hey, I fucking totally get it. Chiefs yeah. fans. You got it made. Um, I hope they never bulldoze that place. Somebody should ask Roger Goodell at the podium at the super bowl, put him on the spot. Do you commit to to Arrowhead being around for another hundred years? Because that place should never go away. I love it.
3: I'm totally with you, and it, and it's one of those places it does come across on TV, and that's 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 when you know it's special. Um, I do think this puts uh, Kansas City right to Super Bowl championship, Chris. I really do.
0: I think L.A. Kansas City will be a fun game. Okay, I think L.A. Kansas City will be a fun game. A lot of yellow, a lot of yellow, a lot of yellow. You're right. You're a lot of yellow, but eyes. it's better than Kansas City San Francisco, which is Ooh. too much red. <laughs> Too much red. The inside <laughs> indoor enough. two red teams. It's might as well be the SEC championship. I don't need to see it. Um, <laughs> I'd rather see the SEC championship. Hey, by the way, do this: three hundred yards, seventy percent completion rate, and uh, and fifty rushing yards. Um, somebody tweeted last night that that that's happened four times in the postseason uh, when it comes to quarterbacks. Two last night, Mahomes and uh, and and Josh Allen. Can you guess the other two? I haven't looked it up. Me and my pop said Cam Newton definitely won. Kurt Warner. I was going to say Steve Young. Maybe like in nineteen ninety four when they were playing the Chargers. I feel like he had to yes. have. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Cowboy, get get us the other two at some Bill point. Bill Sims. Don't have to against
3: the, Bill Sims against the Broncos Super Bowl. Was I believe the best completion percentage before Steve Young against the Chargers? I believe Sims went twenty-two or twenty-five, and I think Steve Young topped that because he had more completions and more attempts. Um, just one more thing, Chris. I'm sorry, I'm Buffalo. This I is thought, this
0: game deserves its own podcast. We don't care
3: when you really dive back into because the whole day I wake up Sunday. I'm like, holy shit, man! If Buffalo wins. They get an AFC title game at home to go to the Super Bowl. Yes. And like that, that's like you you definitely think about that possibility. Yep. And then I saw a thing today, the Jags three wins. One kept the Dolphins out of the playoffs, one kept the Colts out of the playoffs, and the other made Buffalo play on the road last night. How about
0: the how about the team that just that that <laughs> did a, a big twelve game? Uh, it actually, lost a nine to six ball game against Jacksonville, and that's yeah. the reason that this game didn't happen in yeah. Buffalo. I mean, it's such a shame. It's a Greek tragedy in a lot of ways, but you know what? The big, the biggest Greek tragedy was the Bills fan that got went viral with the with the sign that said he missed his mother's funeral to go to that game. But you know what? Considering how she raised him, I don't think she's I mean, I think that worked out perfectly. I think that that. it's in their DNA to grieve. Mm -hmm. And this was, this was the perfect uh, occasion for this guy. And I'm only joking about it because he made the sign. (laughs) He's self-deprecating that is fucked up, dude, for you to do that. And, and, and I saw a viral video of the viral videos of bills. Fans are starting to come in. They're just tremendous. I mean, guy went from standing on chairs calling people motherfuckers you know imaginarily ringing the hells bells you know this 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 to to laying motionless on the floor there was a whole lot of that last night so, oh. sorry, so sorry to bills mafia but you'll be back you kind of have a jugs machine that runs 20 miles an hour on your team <laughs> you can so, make a pro bowl at tight end
1: so 300 yards passing 50 yards rushing 70% completion rate oh, four quarterbacks have done it Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes last night. Josh Allen in, uh, against the Patriots in uh-huh. the um, in the wild card round, and wild Josh round. Allen in the wild card round in twenty twenty against the Colts. Wow, so Josh Allen, Allen, three out of those four. Wow, he's
3: unbelievable. I didn't. I, I forgot the rushing part was part of that. Sorry. I should not have. I would have definitely brought not brought up Phil Simms' name.
0: I was going to say Phil Simms was rude, was rolling, dude.
3: <laughs> Speaking of Phil Simms, Chris, yesterday, well, we have the multiple TVs set up and in our in our studio, and watching the end of the Rams game, and then watching the CBS pregame show with Bill Cowher, Nate Burleson, Boomer, and Phil Simms. Bill Cowher is talking, and they show the full shot of the desk. No one's listening to Bill Cowher because they all have the TV on the Rams monitor in front of the desk, and they're all, like, trying to mm-hmm. pull the peak to watch the end of the game. It was so funny. I mean, I can't imagine how bad of a spot that is no, knowing what's going on. It's brutal, and I just had to laugh because those guys were trying their hardest, and uh, it, was, it was just funny to watch in real time. I know everybody was watching. The end of the Rams Buccaneers games, but uh much, it was just something smaller, that we
0: had much smaller scale. I had to do Amazon on Saturday, um, and it you was know, a week ago, uh yeah. Eagles, Bucks, you know, and I w- I had to do it in the fourth quarter, and I don't have a monitor. The way those work, as you alluded to, is like when my dad's watching a game at Fox and he's always talking about like trying to watch us play as he's on the thing. You yeah. can kind of peer down into those monitors. We don't have that in my studio. Cowboy Reed, we need those monitors <laughs> with a little tent. Right. And a little, they have like a limo tent, unless you're looking straight down through them. Correct. You know, Correct. so that the people, you know, in front of you, maybe the cameras can't see that you're, you're watching your kids play or, you know, maybe. I wonder how many of those guys have the under on a given Sunday. <laughs> studio guys. Cause I know, I know Fox, they're not gamblers. Like those guys no. are not gamblers. No.
3: They gotta tighten up that gambling segment they're made to do though, too.
0: Oh they gotta tighten it up? Yeah,
3: yeah, they gotta tighten it up.
0: Supposedly, they couple- um, supposedly they had a little weather bug that they added to the the you know the oh. breakdown of the game this weekend. That comes that comes from my mom. You know, my mom oh. was, was on there my about putting the weather bug out there. So shout out to D Um there we go. All right, so the Rams. Listen, told you, I mean, I'm not saying told you, but told you the listener, the Rams were going to win. I told you the Bucks were cooked. I mean, like that was too much, you know, for those guys to start the game that way. I mean, had they come back and won, I still don't feel good about them down the stretch here. They're just outclassed um, and they're losing a bunch of people in free agency. We'll talk about that. But what did you make of this game, Steve? Did this surprise you? Um, And how does this affect kind of Brady's future?
3: Uh, All right. Well, with the game, I I, I want to say it wasn't alarming, but it was kind of surprising to me, Chris, to see the way Tampa comes out on those first couple third downs. You know the Rams could get heat with with only four, maybe even three guys, knowing that uh, the Bucs are undermanned. And I thought they would give more help to the right tackle. And that's why I, I thought the Bucs would be able to figure out with a week of prep and knowing what Brady has done in past days with New England, not having – Um, as many game breakers on the edge, you know, to win one-on-one matchups, but to secure the pocket enough and not go max protect, but just go, you know, keep more guys in to help you. You know, we know how much uh, pressure, you know, up the middle of the line of scrimmage affects quarterbacks, but I thought Tom was a little antsy not knowing where he was going to get pressure from, and I thought, you know, where he thought he was going to get protection was his left tackle, and he got beat early, and that really kind of rattled him. Um, I was really surprised. I mean, I talked uh, – Bruce Arians talks about the the end of the game last play, how there's a miscommunication, uh, why people continue to go zero blitz at the end of the games, I don't know. Uh, going back to pre-snap reads, I think you you make it so easy for the quarterback because he knows he has to get rid of the ball, and he's just picking it and throwing throwing where he's going to go. But early in the game, you saw miscommunication, you know, on the cup touchdown, the long one. That's covered, two. The corner's still looking to see yeah. if he has the safety's help. And there just felt like there was a lot of that. And I love the idea of Tampa's defense finally being healthy. I love that unit um, with the disruption they can cause with beat up front, not having to do a lot, knowing what he brings to the table um, and, and Sue also, but the linebackers seem to be on different pages than the secondary and, and the Rams caught them a lot of times. And that's a great job by Stafford and and McVeigh of, of dialing that stuff up. I can't believe the turnovers. Um, that uh, people wanted to, you know, pick uh pinpoint McVegan and conserve it at the end. Yeah, of course, runs aren't going to look good when your guy fumbles, but he's breaking for an eight yard gain. No, you know, question. and then, and then the, one of the strongest guys in the league gets his big paw straight on the ball. And again, I shows you how good the gloves are because that was all in Dominican Sue that yeah. hand on that last fumble of Cam Akers, but um the rams i heard nico talking with you about this too and and i've thought the same thing when they have everybody from ramsey and even the guys that are filling in their secondary their team speed on defense is yeah. stupid man yeah. so you saw it on the interception right before the half uh he made a great play on that uh, brady you know throws that loft on the corner out to gronk yeah. and and the safety comes over so that was pretty alarming um that the bucks weren't able to compensate for that knowing how good uh, Brady is in a week of prep. Uh, but again, they battled, uh, they needed to get back in the game. They needed to score before the end of the third, they needed a three and out right away. And then, you know, the strip sack turns into a 30 yard gain because of the snap that goes by Stafford. Like it's just amazing how it all snowballed and it gets them to a tie game, uh, with 36 seconds left. But at the end, I, I I still have a problem going zero there because you're going up against the clock, too, and I don't understand why you would make it easy I'm for totally the cornerback. Totally I'm
0: totally you with know? you. And before we get into the Brady stuff, because that's premature, like, number one, Stafford secured a piece of his legacy. I mean, like, I hate doing I a legacy thing, but we were going to do it had he lost last week. We mm-hmm. were probably going to do it had he lost this week. You know, we were going to talk about him being one and done you know, beating a, a, you know, poor performing Cardinals team. Okay. Yep. That those throws at the end of the game. Now he's responded late in the season in big, big spots. Now he didn't play great against Baltimore, but there were big conversions at at the end of the game. And obviously the throw to OBJ in the red zone. He, he, he stepped up late in this game, obviously, Um, he responded against San Francisco, even though they lost that game. I mean, Mm -hmm. that third and six, we're still talking about it. Um, that touchdown drive, it's not his fault that he really didn't have the ball last. I don't believe, uh, in that football game. So he's been clutch and now he beat Tom Brady. Uh, Correct. and, and, and so that, that matters. And so when we're talking about Matt Stafford, I hope people realize that the suspicions we had about him in Detroit. Uh, we're real as far as like his setup and an opportunity to win. So a big moment for Matt Stafford, no matter what happens the rest of the way. And now Brady's lost to Tannehill, Stafford, Manning, and Foles, Eli Manning uh, in the postseason. So saving some of these losses for kind of mere mortals relative to his status. Not like he's lost a bunch of shootouts with, you know, the Peyton Mannings and Aaron Rodgers. world. Yeah. It's been interesting spots where he's lost. Having said all that, the only team that played kind of worse than the, the Bucks in spots was was the Rams, and that's the reason that the Bucks got back in this game. And the unfortunate part was the entire thing that we just did on Stafford would would you know people would have thrown tomatoes at us. Yeah, had we done it this morning if they lost, and that's the dumbest shit about quarterback wins and talking that's- about the outcome, dude. Because Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers <laughs> both lost football games this this weekend. That's about where it stops. And had Stafford lost this game, I would have been tearing my hair out hearing people talk shit about you know mm-hmm. big spot, couldn't do it because these were all the things the Rams did in the second half. Obviously, the fumble with Cooper Cup that for a second looked like the high tower uh strip sack yeah. uh where where Freeman missed the protection uh yep. blitz pickup when we played Atlanta. If you started to think about that game in yeah. terms, 27-3, 28-3, I was like, that's the same turnover. By the way, Gronk had a big second half. So they were climbing back in the bad snap, the acres fumble at the end of the game, acres fumbling before the half. For Huge. you to the get points there is unforgivable. We're not even having this conversation. We're spending no. three minutes on this game. We're talking about Brady's legacy and we're moving the fuck on if they score before the half. So correct. If you think about all the shit that the Bucs didn't do in the second half and they still climb back in this game. The Rams should be ashamed that they made this a game. Bucks were down 27 to three and they settled for a field goal with three Oh two left in the third. They yeah. needed to convert on a fourth and nine down two scores. They fumbled on a Von Miller sack. They missed a field goal and they failed to convert on a fourth and nine down two scores with four minutes ago. If I put all those things on paper, You would have told me there was no chance they climbed back in this game. So the Rams, not closing that San Francisco game out, not closing this game out. They have to be better. Like a lot of people are talking about how great a win this is for them, but they're better than this because I expected them to win this game and, and they should have closed this thing out, especially with that rush and the rush did their jobs, man. Like Von Miller has validated what you went out and did for him. I mean, this was a big spot, big plays by him. He had nine pressures, one sack, two turnovers forced by pressure. Aaron Donald out at, at defensive end. I told you guys when, when when I was in St. Louis, he used to go out to defensive end when we needed a break in practice running odd man stuff, which is like a three-man front. And he used to beat people so bad, we would run back right back on the field to make sure he didn't take our reps at end. I mean, like they were so good up front. And for them not to close that game, it's all on the offense, the turnovers. Yeah. They have to be better because they they could have a lead this week again. You know, they're the better team than San Francisco. I don't care how bad the matchup is. They're a better team. I'll save my pick for later in the week. But holy shit. How about seeing them again in the NFC Championship? Oh, my God.
3: The idea of playing a division opponent to go to the Super Bowl, Chris, is, is just nuts to me. I believe. We did it on the show with Scott last night. It's happened three times, and all three times the winner of that game has won the Super Bowl. Uh, I know the Steelers did it to the Ravens, um, Packers did it to the Bears, right? And there was another one that's more recent. I'm slipping me, but that because I'm Seahawks. No, that's the other one. That's it. Yep, that's the third one. So, to me, I think it's so. not fascinating, but interesting to me because you know how familiar you are with it. You just played three weeks, two weeks ago, yeah. and knowing what the stakes are and knowing how familiar you are, like you could lose your mind over analyzing film and stuff like that. So, I think it's more of a self scout that you have to go into here That's and right. looking at what you did in certain situations as opposed to what they did, right? Because you go back, the Rams go up seventeen nothing. McVeigh's running down to the end zone chest bump and Higby after a touchdown and that they're rolling in that week 18 game. Yeah. And then sure enough, the Niners do what they did Saturday night. They, they play good defense. They don't make mistakes and they just hang around close enough where one play could swing things. And if I'm the Rams, I'm like, all right, bring, bring that, bring yeah. that, to, bring that to us because all we want is another opportunity. And like I said, now you factor in the stakes. That's a whole lot of shit on the table, man. Um and, and I'm just fascinated to to see the outcome of this one. No one I mean, was it Niners won six in a row. I mean, look at what we have on the table. I mean you have the ultimate it's underdog incredible i mean in this the is, AFC, the
0: and now are great with these two teams, as you said, like the rich history, it's become like a rivalry now between these these coaches and i mean like I know it's friendly or whatever, but I know McVeigh at night is 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 fucking cussing Shanahan out under no his doubt. breath as he hits the pillow so you know, it's going to be awesome. I do want to ask, though, before Bra- we we get off, like, I don't want to oh, yeah. let us um, off the hook on the Brady thing. Do you think Brady, I, I don't think there's anything to this. I'll just say that. I don't think Brady walks off without a, um, uh, you know, farewell tour. I, I don't think that's, I, I don't think it's about that to him. Like, you knew Ben was going to do a lap. You knew mm-hmm. Ben, like, had to do kind of a thing. Yep. I don't think that's a Brady thing, but I don't think the greatest quarterback of all time is just going to to start the season and say, hey, I want to be here a bunch more years. And then by the end of it, because of injuries and that sort of thing, like he's completely changed his mind. I don't think so.
3: I think everybody has a plan, right, Chris? I mean, yeah. and you look at what Brady did and what he orchestrated to get those guys to Tampa and him go to Tampa. Like he had that plan. And part of it was recruiting. Part of it was to set up. Part of it was the roster he was going to. And let's be honest, a lot of guys with the Bucks this past year took less money to say, all right, let's rerun this and let's go back to back. And it didn't work out. And it rarely does in this sport because when you factor in that, I I, I, I can't imagine um, how divided the locker room was on Antonio Brown. And then think, you see you think it was divided. Oh, oh I do. Even, even I, I really, no. Probably not evenly, but yeah. look who, look at the people that had AB's back. Yeah. It's the quarterback, the head coach. And then say your guys on the defensive side, like, hey, man, like, that's that's really going to be a, a, a
0: tough thing. You guys keep backing him. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. It, before he went, you know, with the meme last night, Bucks eliminated yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> like, yeah. Before no, he went, I do. Proverbially off the deep end when it comes to being a Tampa Bay Buccaneer.
3: No doubt. Uh, I mean, you play on teams. There's, there's plenty of instances where guys on one side don't like guys on the other. But when Sunday comes, you, you put the helmet on and you, and you go play for each other. You know, you put that stuff behind you. Yeah. But as this boils up and you see what happened, and I think the ultimate uh, problem was losing Godwin, seeing how valuable yeah, that he was the big, to their, their offense and, and seeing how they use him. But I could just see that because now the guys that, you know, took less money, I mean, those guys that are up this year, they're, they're, they're bouncing. They're going to get theirs. I mean, they, they did what they had to do to try and do this. So I think a lot has to do with the roster as far as Brady goes. And the one thing that I thought was really, really eye opening was when they showed the quote from Al Michaels and Chris Collins were sit down with Tom Brady. And he says, he says that the, the, the perfect ending is a super bowl. Yeah. And then after that, he says, I don't think this year is one of those years. I'm like, Holy cow, Tom Brady admitted that this possibly could not be a Super Bowl winning year. Like you never, ever hear Tom Brady give in in, in, in any kind of instance.
0: But here's the thing. Had, had we gotten, had we blown up, like we've said this on the show for a couple weeks now, like if I was somebody mm-hmm. and I said like the Bucks are cooked, they would have gone all underdog. Nobody believes in this thing. Yeah. and he, And he said it out loud. I,
3: that's that 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 was that was the most eye-opening thing because then they keep talking about the end of the quote where he says so many things are inconclusive, right? And they went and they kept going on the inconclusive word, and I'm like, hold on, I'm like, right in the middle, I'm like, he said this. This is probably not a Super Bowl year.
0: Yeah, I mean, and we I'm were like, right. I mean, like, I would... so so there's nothing unreasonable about knowing this was coming because of all the injuries. You talked about Chris Godwin. That was like the number one thing. Which, by yes. the way. McVeigh, who's taken some lumps, including the San Francisco thing, they've figured out a way to make that offense roll without their Chris Godwin, their you yeah. know without Robert Woods, and so it, less runway to do so for Tampa and Leftwich, but they just haven't been able to. And no. I think when you look at this, look at the uh, the unrestricted free agents: Howard, Jensen, Kappa Wells, Gronk, Fournette, Sue, Golston, JPP, Davis, Whitehead. And you know, that's not to mention Godwin's on there too. I think Godwin, I think there, I think there might be more, but like, these are just some names I saw. And then Gronk, he might be done. Like we're talking about Brady here. The biggest domino for me is Gronk. Like if Gronk is done, maybe that's the one thing that changed Brady's mind. Like, because maybe Brady doesn't want life without that security blanket. Now, I don't think he's like, I know he's old, but he doesn't play old. Like I know we say this all the time. He didn't have the best day throwing the ball yesterday. Like the pick before the half was bad. He missed, Mm -hmm. uh, he missed on third and three right out of the half. I think it was like these were sequences where he had to be really sharp and he wasn't, but he looks young moving in the pocket. Mm -hmm. And that's the place that you see the other guys start to, you know, kind of trail off. I mean, I think it was a second and 12 where he hit Gronk for that big, big game, yeah, and there were a number of instances like this yesterday where he looked thirty-five. Moving,
3: how about the, the touch way. pass on the run over the shoulder to Fournette down the sideline? Yeah. That's yeah. a sixth throw. Sick he, throw. It,
0: it, he looks younger now than he did in New England. Mm, I at agree. the tail end of that thing, I agree. so 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 if he's retiring, it ain't because he feels shitty. I think the only reason that I could see him walking and I don't want to see him walk and I don't think he's walking would be like a Gronk retirement coupled with all the undrafted free agency things. Or maybe someday you just wake up and you say like, i like, my kids are growing up, you know, yeah. like that's the wild card that you can't factor in because you never know. Like when I was done, mm-hmm. I thought about my kids like primarily making that decision there's no warning. You just wake up one day and you say, no, I'm not Tom Brady and I'm not 44 and I'm not the greatest player of all time, so I don't have as much motivation to keep playing. But I do think someday you just wake up maybe and say, hey, I've missed a whole bunch of shit. Having said that, I think he's back and if he ever plays for another team, I pray it's the 49ers.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I would think that is a definite possibility, but I also think 12 in Green Bay in San Francisco could be a possibility also,
0: right? You're right about that. But, like, can't beat him join them type thing. I don't right. know if Rodgers can ah. handle that uh, that narrative. I don't think that would sit well with, with A-Rod. And let's talk about Aaron and Green Bay. Go back mm. to the Saturday games. I think this one hurts. I think this one hurts Rodgers, man. I think this one hurts, you know, when you talk about the big, the grand scheme of things. It's getting late early for him and i think it's unfair sometimes to talk about guys and say hey he only has one ring as long as you're going to talk about him like he's maybe brady's the greatest of all time and he's like the best i've ever seen that Mm -hmm. kind of conversation if we want to have that conversation then we have to hold the one super bowl against him because he's played in a lot of playoff games he's lost now i think four playoff games at home maybe three four at home Um, Mm -hmm. and for him to lose in the cold weather with all that we talk about Green Bay going through land, I fell for it this year. Okay. Like
3: I'm I'm totally with you. I'm totally with
0: you. I I fell for it this year. The weather lined up, like you hear people all week. And this is why I took the Niners because they're not afraid of that weather. They're built Mm -hmm. for that weather. So like, sometimes I think people assume that the makeup of a, a team fits the home field advantage. And I'm not saying Green Bay's didn't, but it kind of fit the Niners even better. And for Aaron to not make some of the throws that he that he missed um, late in that ball game and Jimmy G as bad as he was to hit some of those big throws in the second half, like Jimmy G hit more big throws in the second half than Aaron. He made more bad, scary throws where your balls go up in your stomach if you're a Niners fan or you hold your breath. They're like, used to it they, by now. Yeah, they're, they're <laughs> used to it. Like, <laughs> but but he made more big throws than Rodgers down the stretch. And so to get not outdueled, but beaten by, by Jimmy G at home in the cold, he's in 32 degree or less games. I saw a stat before this one, 28 and eight and six and three in the playoffs. And Jimmy had never played in a game below freezing. But that's why this shit is overrated because Jimmy's yes. team was built to win in the cold. Jimmy played in Illinois growing up, Jimmy played in New England. You don't think they scrimmaged in December. I know they did. He was ready as bad as he was at times good for him and really bad for Rogers when it comes yes. to like the grand scheme of things.
3: A couple things here. When you talk about holding the one Super Bowl against Rogers, think about this. Okay. The last time we lost both one seeds in the same weekend in the divisional round was 2010. That was Rodgers going to Atlanta and beating Matt Ryan. Rodgers wins the Super Bowl 2010. He It's 11 years, Chris. He hasn't been back. 11.
0: Yeah, yeah it's a,
3: 11 it's a <laughs> years. He hasn't been back to the Super Bowl after winning one. So that dynamic feels like it's unprecedented. Now you go back and dissect the playoff games. Their defense was terrible. They got run over by Mozart. And then oh, every every scenario. But not this time. But, but, but this one... And this is what I had a feeling all week yeah. about San Francisco because, and this is what I love about him. I go back to, I was a Favre guy. Favre was my guy growing up. I loved the guy. War four in high school, my, the whole thing. When Michael Vick went to Lambeau on that Saturday night that year and just gave the Packers a dose, that's when I was like, all right, this mystique of Lambeau, feel like it's, it's way blown out of proportion because what happened, and then you hear Michael Vick talk about going into that game and how fired up he was to be able to play. In that setting, that's what worried me because the, the visiting team is more excited now because they're like, "What? what? We can't go mm-hmm. play there. We mm-hmm. can't win there." You know, it's you know, field still hundred yards, whatever. And that's what, and it then go back to the Niners, like that's what I just love about a man. Like I just they 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 right in your face will admit our quarterback is not as good as yours, but we're going to be dogs out there, and we are going to out. No matter what, we are going to be the tougher team. And we still and like that, him. Like, no I feel doubt. like there's
0: kind of this arrangement. It's like an arranged marriage or like an open relationship type thing where the vibe is like, hey, we know we're yeah. going to play better quarterbacks. Like, we know the guy on the other sideline. We'd probably rather have that guy than you, but we still love you and we're still going to rally around you. I'm not saying, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Like, hey, Jimmy G playing Aaron Rodgers, pull the fucking sideline. Okay. Jimmy oh, yeah. G playing Dak Prescott, pull the sideline. Jimmy G playing Matt Stafford, pull the sideline. You know, Jimmy G playing Mahomes or Burrow, pull the sideline. But it doesn't matter because this team, like, knows exactly who they are. And, like, knowing who you are is a really scary, dangerous thing in the NFL. And they lean the fuck into it. And you yes. said it, dude. You said it. Lambo doesn't scare people, okay? No. like Arrowhead is the real Lambo, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yes. uh, I, I, Lambo does not scare people, and, and and Rogers has got to be concerned about like his legacy being as much about the playoff letdowns as it has been about his spectacular play. And he's one of my favorites to ever watch mm-hmm. play the game. But this year, and and the dunks people have, which I you know I, I want to leave that stuff out of my analysis of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but, no, I don't. You know, I actually think that stuff you know like spending all day spectacularly dunking on Aaron Rodgers is not going to get anybody vaccinated. So it's just going to get you a couple of likes and, and the whole thing. But this is about football. And he did go out on a limb, do a lot of interviews this year. He was very vocal. He, you know, he was kind of this new Aaron Rodgers. This new mantra that he has is going to be tested big time this off season. Like, yep. is he still like, Mr. I might've took psychedelics last April uh, everything's chill, uh, you know. Like life is just good. I'm happy to be here. We're gonna know within the month whether that was like a flavor of the month for him, mm-hmm. or if that's like really who he is now. Because this is gonna test him. Yeah,
3: no doubt. A couple things. You said this is real. Like Arrowhead's the real. I gotta ask you about being real here. Yeah. If you're if you're Gary on that play where Trent Williams is opposite of a wing and runs in motion, do you know he's over there?
0: I, I would, but you Gary's young. I would because you always try to keep an eye on the move tight end. You always yeah. try to keep an eye on the guy. And and obviously, this is the play that went viral where Gary got a rib cage full of Trent Williams, oh, which is just unfair. Damn. Like, it's totally that's, unfair.
3: That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I, I don't want You're to be engaged. Yes,
0: you're exactly. engaged with one of the, the studs and you've got this 330 pound guy who's like moving like a blur to come clean you out. Like I know where that guy is. You know, it's like people have to know where certain shooters are on the basketball court. You need know where Trent Williams is. If that big motherfucker is on the move, like maybe pay attention. Another thing is two weeks in a row, Shanahan got cute. Got cute and short yardage. Stop that shit. You're lucky to have another opportunity. Like, please stop with the cute stuff. Like the cute stuff, everybody knows what happened in in, uh, in New England, like, or in, in down there in Houston rather, playing the yeah. Patriots. But like this week you're gonna have a big short yardage call don't do some crazy tackle over shift. Don't do some motion. Don't do some bullshit. Like just line up and run your offense. It's kind of like when Andy Reid got cute last night, the best player in the field is the guy you just set out wide or sent to the sideline. Why are you, why is anybody else touching it?
3: And why don't you have use you put you check at full go. eye formation run your offense. I don't, I don't understand why people don't have full when you have a fullback and you don't have them in, on short yardage, I don't understand that because he's
0: taking up a roster spot.
3: The threat now of a four, of a fullback in the flat is is just it's incredible to me. I, I going back to Josh Allen, like that G- Gilliam comes in, he has like four catches last night, and they were at big spots to get positive yardage. Like those guys are such an asset, and Uscheck's the best one in the league, I would think. Um, so, Makes no sense. one other, one, can you imagine? You know how the Niners run that split zone toss where Debo just comes downhill and, and kill. What if they ran out with Trent Williams as the crack on the split zone? That would be, oh my
0: God. I mean, he's got it in him to, to scheme up some really devilish shit like that. But the, the thing is, is like, hey, when it's crunch time, just please, Kyle, don't be sh- cute yeah. this week. Y'all are game away from the Super Bowl. You're the smartest guy in the league. Just please just line up and run your awesome offense. Don't do any crazy shit. Um, also, Wishnowski deserves a big Heroes welcome back to San Francisco. I'm sure you already got it. The the holder, the punter, um, that snap was dicey uh, mm. to win that game. But just tremendous drama for them. Dude, this is a battle-tested team, like battle-tested in the dictionary, if it's a term, you know, the Niners picture right next to them. I and mean, they're not afraid of anybody. Hey. And, um, and special teams continues to That's kill – the Packers, bro. And yep. honestly, the one year that I don't hold against Rodgers and I wonder if everything's different is the year that they botched that onside kick against Seattle. Mm, yeah. I Honestly, I think that was your chance to get off the schneid. I think it was like 2014. We're not even yep. talking about this Super Bowl legacy stuff. Mm-hmm. I think they win that Super Bowl. And, and honestly, we're not having this conversation. So special teams then, special teams now. You talk about the block punt. You talk about... I think they missed a field goal maybe or, or something else in that game. And then they, they only had 10 guys out with the game on the line, you know? So these are fi- I don't call for people's jobs. I don't even know who the special teams coordinator is there, but like these are fireball offenses. If this is a player, that player gets cut.
3: Yeah. Uh, I do want to shout out Jimmy Ward. He gets burned on the play to Aaron Jones and, I mean, tough spot right there. You don't know which, why Aaron Jones didn't keep running down the sideline. I still don't know. Yeah. These guys love the cutback. But regardless, Jimmy Ward comes back a play later and blocks that field goal. Like, that's the good shit, man. And like, they didn't just, mention it. It, it I, that, that amazed me. I'm like, so good for that guy. Because also, the dynamic of that game, if you're the Niners and you go down two possessions in the half and you come out and see that weather start, like, Two possessions is totally different. Totally different in that in those elements. So Jimmy Ward, man, like that's just hey, I'm gonna come make a play after after screwing up, and I was really really happy for him because that was a monumental play. Um, and it also does show you that when defensive linemen don't want to take plays off on field goals or extra points, that they could be heard from because always <laughs> being always being on uh, field goal extra point and being the wing, I always just like all right, I I would always check. The, the hands and the knuckles and the pressure on the guy's hands. That's the worst see, it, job. It's awful. Um, but it was it was like my first way out of the field. So I was always like trying. All right, are they coming here? Are they coming? I got two outside. I could be heavy inside. Yeah. Like I, you could tell, D line, you, you give it away too easy. But uh, it it just shows you the way they slap the hands, not to be able to get that punch yeah. out, makes all the difference in the world. And Jimmy Ward blocks that. So that that was just really good to see.
0: It also lets you in on like how much of a fractions of time thing operations oh. you know like like if you're a, a tenth of a second late like that ball is getting blocked if the angle of the kick is different and you're right it was like such a makeup play it was the ultimate makeup yeah. play for him and, and people didn't make a big deal about it so good catch and then Terry Bradshaw I think said something after the game that that my ears perked up on uh, when Uncle Terry <laughs> drops a jewel. He, he said this team reminded him of, you know, one of those old Giants teams that he was talking to, you know, Strahan about. And and yeah. honestly, that's a pretty good comparison. This team is just that kind of, you know, undermanned bully attitude, kind of yes. ragtag, good up front. Like Armstead was huge for them. And that's got to feel so good because Armstead made a couple plays down the stretch that help decide this football game. There was a time when... And I was one of these people. I was like, ah, did they choose correctly? It was Buckner or Armstead. Buckner goes to Indy. Um, you know, that defense finishes the season the way they finish the season. Even with all those great players, Armstead helps you win a playoff game at Lambeau. And Nick Bosa, who, who you know, we found a way not to mention this entirely. This guy is, this guy is incredible. I told you. What is it six
3: and a half and five playoff games?
0: I don't know. It's it's incredible. He's just he's hitting for average and power. And I say that because he's a rusher who's never out of the rush. Uh, You know, even that rush against Rogers that he clipped his ankle, you know, and got him for a yard loss on the sack, which we always look at the sideline after you see a a defensive end get a sack and look at the Mm -hmm. sticks. We're trying to see if that's going to go down as a sack if it's too close to the line of scrimmage. (laughs) <laughs> he just is always in the rush. He's got power. He's got speed. And uh, he's legitimately a weapon for them. So this team is built. We'll see this weekend. Hey, Cincy, you know, yes. it feels like eight years ago, but yeah, what a win for them. Here's the most impressive thing about Cincy. They're winning different ways. They've won different ways the entire season. And Joe Burrow... Getting sacked nine times, one freight on third down. If I told you that happened, I didn't show you the score. What what would you think the score was gonna be?
3: Oh, 27-nothing. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I wanted to ask you this one too. Like just I mean, we didn't even talk about the Green Bay defensive line, but they were obviously awesome.
0: Oh, yeah. Welcome back to Darius Smith, like immediately. Oh my yeah. <laughs>
3: First third down, in your mindset, if you're on the D line of the Titans or the Packers, like who feels worse? Sunday morning waking up, knowing that your season's over.
0: Honestly, um, it probably, it probably feels worse if you're the Packers, because in a vacuum, like I know we had a better chance to win the whole thing. Like, Mm and and those guys played well up front like they got pressure they did their job the guys in tennessee did their job i think the guys in tennessee are looking at things and i don't think tannehill has got a bunch of bad juju behind him in that locker room but this was a game where he he did not play well enough to win i mean that that was the bottom line like when your d-line plays like that um when you keep the points down as a team because they did you've got to find a way to win this game and one of my biggest concerns was I bet the, the Bengals thinking Derrick Henry wasn't at full strength. I, I bet the Bengals thinking, you know, I would notice the 70% or whatever it was. Like Henry looked fucking healthy. Yeah. And like he he took that first ball downhill from nine yards deep in the backfield, full head of steam. And I said, Oh my goodness. Now Foreman was a tremendous one, two punch for them. So they have something there, but this was such an impressive win for these guys, man. I I think the Bengals are just growing up at an accelerated rate because they have a grown-up quarterback. Mm -hmm. I mean, like this team is ahead of schedule. This was a team that, that lost a bunch of close games last year. I had their overwin total. I mean, there were so many games that they should have hit six. They should have hit seven. And for this team to come back this year, win in the multitude of ways they've done it, um kind of show the resolve, knock off a Raiders team that was like hard to kill, mm-hmm. do this. Tennessee Titans, hard to kill. The Bengals have this scrappy vibe, and they don't even have an offensive line. Correct. Um, so they're gonna they're gonna establish that stuff in the draft this year. Uh, however, this season ends, they drafted a kicker McPherson. People laughed at him. They la- People laughed at him when they drafted Jamar chase instead of an offensive tackle. Incredible. So everything has gone their way. And I actually think they have a puncher's chance in Kansas city. Although I think Kansas city at home, you got to beat him yeah. twice in one year. I right? had good luck. I mean, Spags isn't going to kill him on zero blitzes, two games in a row. I don't think this has been an incredible run by Cincy. I'm not saying it's over, but Holy shit. Can we pause and just say, wow. Yes. Uh, to
3: me, uh, I mentioned it before, Chris, I was a huge uh, Favre fan. And to me, this team, it reminds me of when Favre went and beat Steve Young with the Niners. I believe it was 93. It was a year the Cowboys won their last Super Bowl because nobody, everybody was waiting for Cowboys Niners again. And yeah. then Favre and the Niners go out to San Francisco, beat them, end up losing to Dallas in the NFC Championship game. But you took that step a yep. year ahead of where you were supposed to. Yep. And I just think that's huge for guys' belief. You know how young the roster is. Uh, I said at the beginning of the year, I love what they did because they used free agency to get defense and then they used the draft to get offense. Yep. And look at the guys they got, Hendrickson and Hilton, the the, the nickel that gets the, the interception. Um, yes. It's just it, it's been – it's been an awesome combination of guys just getting together. I think the defense is – has developed a nice attitude about him. Uh, I mean, you look at the ground, Bates, I mean, it's a total gamble, first play of the game, but Bates playing that cover three safety and on the other hash and jumping that court, that, that hook route on the other hash, like that's a guy that's locked into me like, hey, we're going to go make a statement here, and and we need to make plays to, to give our offense as many chances as possible today. And, and the Bengals did that. Um, so you look at that, the offensive line worried me. I said it all week. Um, that's why I lean Tennessee in that game, because playing offensive line on the road, it sucks, Oh, man. yeah. It sucks. You, you got crowd noise. You got to go off first movement in the defensive line a lot of times, almost basically on every third down, because you know the crowd's going to be into it. Um, you got a young quarterback that does like to hold on to the ball that extra second to give his receivers that extra second for, for separation. And you saw that add up, but they just kept coming back. Uh, Mixon made a couple of huge plays. Uh, they went uh, T. Higgins on that delayed slant. Burrow was locked in with him on that, and then yeah. the play at, right before the field goal, uh, where they run the the cover two beater, the out route to chase on the double move is just a sick, sick play. And to be able to execute again there with the stakes of what they are, just shows me the world of, of what Burrow's capable uh, and up chase. So. Like I said, I, 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 I take it all in, embrace the journey. If you're the Bengals, because this has been phenomenal. Um, you, you dreamt about this stuff uh, going on the road and getting a win in the playoffs at a one seed. Like take it all in and, and, and enjoy this, and and, and and then you know roll the dice Sunday because when I look ahead to that, I I, I don't I don't see it at all.
0: No, I wonder the number was six and a half. I could see them cover. It's already seven. Um, it's already yeah, seven. It's seven. <laughs> I could I, I would I would take the Bengals to cover, but I think the, the the I think the the Chiefs win that game. I mean, like if you're a Bengals fan and you want to and you want to have some fun with that one, definitely if it goes to six and a half, buy back to seven. But um I think it's just too hard to ask them. Now, Joe Burrow doesn't think so. And that's what no, makes exactly. him great. Like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is the reason that in a don't flinch game, they don't flinch. And that was a, a don't flinch game. Like Vrabel and those guys, that's that's pre-fight, weigh in, like stare down type energy going to Tennessee. And they you mentioned the defense, they match the energy of these guys. I mean, like to stop them on a fourth and short in a crucial situation, to come up with a turnover to put Tennessee on their heels just to get those points. These guys deserve a lot of credit. So a lot of people say, "Hey, Raiders, Titans, not, not you, probably the two teams that, that you know were the most untalented at times this year um, in the AFC playoffs." But two of the toughest teams, and the Bengals yeah. are the quarterback so deserve a lot. Joe of Joe Bur-
3: Joe Burrow's got two playoff wins in the last two weeks. That's a hell of a lot more than a hell of a lot of great quarterbacks that played in the sport.
0: Well, he got two in two weeks and that's more than Dak his entire, which is these stats are dumb. It's the QB wins thing, but correct. Again, it's like starting your career, playing with house money a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, no doubt. like a Romo had to wait. I mean, like yeah. these are things that matter. And uh, I think, you know, as he, as he battles year after year, it's nice to have these pelts, uh, you know, on the wall. So, um, all right. Well, couple big ones this weekend. I don't think we're going to be disappointed. Uh, I can't wait already. Uh, Steve, thank you very much and and have a great week, dude. All right. Good luck getting out of that gamer den. Yeah, the gamer den. It'll trap you, bro. I might play fucking Fortnite or something here before (laughs) I leave. (laughs) See you, buddy. I started taking athletic greens because I wanted to see what all the hype was about. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. And it tastes great. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy, it kind of has a mild tropical taste that I actually look forward to each morning. I recommend it to the whole Greenlight crew, especially Cowboy Reed. And now, everybody's feeling spry. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science, with constant product iterations and third-party testing. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Athletic Greens, is also a climate neutral certified company. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free 1-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and 5 free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com/greenlight. Again, that is athleticgreens.com/greenlight to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. So that was Stanford, Steve, um, I'm bummed. We only have a couple more of these. I mean, like this is the zone where it gets into, you know, I think divisional weekend's the best and then, and, and wildcard weekend's the best, but the the lack of volume this weekend. So if there's a stinker game, you know, it kind of ruins the weekend. Like you gotta be perfect championship weekend. So some great matchups but this is getting into like final four territory in the NCAA tournament where you're like, oh, I miss the, I miss all the teams. Anyways, we're going to live stream both these games. As I mentioned earlier, make sure you join us this weekend. If you got nothing going on, just open your computer. If you listen to the podcast, you know, you always thank you always thank us for, Hey, thanks for all the content. Thanks for brightening my day, all that stuff. You know, like, thanks for the insight. Thanks for lately after the last two weeks, you should be thanking me for some of these bets. I was seven and one this weekend. I hit the only two prop bets I played. So really I was nine in one. And then the weekend before that, I damn near gave out all winners except for uh, the Eagles. Uh, go figure. You want to thank me? Pop over to green light tube and, uh, and check our live streams out. Just open your laptop up this weekend while we're doing these games, and let's pump our numbers up, man. Like the numbers are good right now, but I want to see some awesome numbers. Uh, open that laptop and just listen to us, bullshit. Hey, maybe you learn something you're not going to learn on the broadcast. Tony Romo can only tell you so much about D-line play. So here's a, here's a couple blurbs from uh, from our live stream, Cincinnati and, and Tennessee, and and uh, if you like what you hear, pop on this weekend. And Michael Strahan is going to be with us in a couple days. So be sure to tune in for that. If you're in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Tennessee, or Virginia, and you haven't yet tried the WinBet app, I've got great news for you. WinBet is now offering a 200% wager match for new users up to $1,500. That's just an incredible offer. WinBet is basically giving you double your first wager in free bets. Don't pass it up. Download the WinBet app today. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where WinBet is available. Gambling problem? In Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Tennessee, y'all too. 1-800-889-9789. All right, so I'm on San Francisco uh, catching six later. I'm on the under 47 there. I'm teasing the Niners with the Bengals. I've got Cincy Moneyline, I've got Cincy catching four. I've got the under 48 here. Basically what I'm doing here is I know the end is near and I'm just spraying. You know what I mean, like just spray. This is when it starts to feel like the the Elite Eight in the uh, NCAA tournament. You're like, fuck, it's almost over. Super Bowl Sunday is the final four. Championship night, nobody cares. Cincy, uh, plus seven, under 49, Tennessee. Cincy, under 49.5 Rams, Bucks. Kansas City, uh, given a point and a half. That's a uh, parlay that half a unit could make $5,000. We hit on the last big one. We hit on the last big one, so. Uzama and Mixon over receiving yards.
2: Oh. Oh. Uh-oh. oh. oh.
0: Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. This, this is, it. is how you Big win this hitter. game. Yeah. This is how the fuck you wow. win this game, dude. Oh, damn. And a great job getting him down in the open field. Chopping that one blocker down, making sure Chase has to hurdle you. Team, what are you doing?
1: You guys just give up But this is it. I mean they
2: bring yards. they bring 80, what a catch. they bring eighty guys here. That's a crazy catch too.
1: So is that that's pretty much the only thing thirty seven could have done, right? Yes. Um, yeah. Just slide in and right. Well, right yeah. In front of the blocker.
0: Yeah. But and anyways, Jamar Chase and Fulton, um, I think grew up together or went to college together. Uh, LSU. Both yeah, LSU. I think they. I think they might have grown up together too. And so, like that matchup is pretty interesting. Putting those two guys on an island, and that's the thing that makes Jamar Chase great. You know, you can throw a screen to him that can go for eighty, just like you can throw well, a deep ball to him and then go you run 80. a reverse. Very few guys can Ooh. do that. But you really can't get comfy if you're the damn the Bengals, man. It's Tennessee team. They're a lot like the Niners in the way we were talking about. I think Swagu and, and us were talking. Yeah, Swaggo was saying there was something in Scandal, the TV show, yeah. where they were just dripping water on a guy's head. And Sweet. it was just like the guy went crazy eventually. Chinese, Chinese water torture. Yes. Yeah, he said I thought was there was the a 49ers. term for it. But he said that's like the 49ers offense. Like Even when they're down, <laughs> they don't worry about it. They just keep... yeah like running the ball dripping the water and tennessee keeps dripping the water too so like i don't care if you're up six i don't care if you're up nine after the next field goal keep your fucking foot on the gas pedal
3: but you and know what looks great. Motion. Those Just I think a drive those jerseys, Yeah, it is. The jerseys blue. are all blue. Yeah, they They're look solid color. Blue. Like when your pants yeah.
2: match your jerseys, like main colors. Yeah, it's fine. Their unis green. No, Same on the other side. Like that all white. All white's great. I don't all know white's great.
1: Taylor, Lewan, and the and the receiver over here. I think Chester Rogers both have a red arm sleeve. I don't know. Mm. I don't mind I don't the incorporation
0: of the red. Yeah. I like the red red uh, cleats inside because they have the little okay. red in the Titans thing.
1: Now, see, I like that blue sleeve.
0: I like Ben Jones's fucking sweaty Mueller arm elbow bands. I remember those. You think when you grow up, you think that those like guys that wear that are just for like just to throw something on. Like any of those means like a guy's battling something. Oh my god, you need those. You know what I (laughs) mean? The difference, like when you I started wearing those year eleven, bro. Oh my god, (laughs) because my knee would just you know blow up. That's Whoa, when I that's wow. when I started to feel old, and this is the problem. These slants are just these little in cuts are easy. Let these guys work.
2: Okay, Julio.
0: I started feeling old when I, I started to have, have to wear uh um, like like the, the black McDavid um knee sleeves. When I started doing that, I was like it's it's ending for me. Because <laughs> like, you got you need your knees to walk, you yeah. know, to do anything.
2: But when you take those sleeves off, you know when you get that like random
0: like dead leg or dead uh-huh. like <laughs> like dead knee. Third, Third and head. nine, this is not where they want to be. I mean, <laughs> Tennessee can get pressure with four, they bring five. Yeah! Nice. And that- Simmons already. Oh, they could've got him with that Thank extra. Thank you, sir. I like that, Thank they got you, that sir. extra
2: hit. Little J-O-P on the quarterback.
0: <laughs> Little J-O-P. <laughs> love this. This is just, this game is going great. I love the playoffs. Lawan's early. Hendrickson going inside shoulder. Blowing oh, he the got a play out. up. Blowing the whole play up. But now, oh, fucking yeah, former wide receiver oh. picks up five yards. And Yo, now we're going to talk hey, about going hey, for ten, it. Hey, Tannehill
2: ain't no small dude. Hey, no, that, D lineman, that D lineman just threw all of his weight to hit him, and he bounced kind of far out of right. the back of the pocket. No, just now. Right, when he just yeah, hit oh, him. yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tannehill, that he's was, tall,
0: man. Yeah, he's a big dude. The mo- who's the most shockingly big quarterback that uh, you played against? Big Ben, for sure. Even though you knew he's in the nickname,
2: yeah, but like, but like, <laughs> but like his his stature, his stature, like he was kind of sloppy. That's what I mean, I guess. Like he he's was kind of like big, a doorway,
0: dude. He you you haven't seen like young Big Ben was a doorway. <laughs> He was just like a big man, dude. Just huge. And like for
2: a quarterback, like my eyes thinking like quarterback. He was big and sloppy and then he, he this is when he was wearing like those double S- ribs. No, those like rib brace like oh, yeah, all the, the way
0: around. Bra- so it looked like he had a keg a keg on, but he also wears a lot of fucking jersey, a lot of yeah. underarm stuff, yeah. a lot of fabric. <laughs> a lot. So stuff. not only are you like trying to take down a a you know a, um, a water buffalo. But you also it's like a water buffalo and, and a snuggy. We so, played you know, them we like, played where them do a, I
2: grab on. We played them on a Sunday night and I had of a clean. Of course I never
0: got close to him.
2: I had a clean hit on him. Like I think they completed the pass, but had a clean hit on him. And it was one of those situations when I hit him and I landed on top of him, like it almost knocked the wind out of me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I was That's just what like, Cam <laughs> Newton did that to me, bro. I hit Cam Newton, fucking should have just went for the ball. My dumbass beat um Matt Khalil so clean you know, I was an idiot. I should have gone for the ball instead I ended up with a with a cracked rib from Cam Newton landing on me. We played Cam when I was in
2: Jacksonville and I had a fist full of jersey, torrential downpour and I think Cam Proceeded to drag me, <laughs> maybe <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe a couple of yards while I'm trying to sack him. Yeah. To he was still looking for an outlet to make a pass. Was the and, T-shirt ended up stretching like stretching, like, <laughs> stretching like cheese like I, and I have a, nachos. I have, I have a I have an amazing picture of it that looks like I got a sack. It looks like like you're oh, for sure he got a sack. But he threw the ball <laughs> yeah. away and it was just like like me knowing. Like, holding on to him, like, I'm like, damn, he's dragging me. When you miss a sack, you remember it in slow motion the rest of your life. The rest of my life. But it was one of those things for him, he knew I wasn't going to sack him. Like, he was like, yo, like, you think just because you have one hand on me, like, you're going to be able to pull me down?
1: He's like, you're not going to sack me. Right. (laughs) Was there a quarterback that you didn't think was going to be as? Tavares Jackson. As uh, athletic?
0: Well, just tough to bring down Tavares Jackson. God rest his soul. Who was your
2: backup from... He was pretty shifty. Who was your backup in St. Louis for a long time, the kid
0: who played at Duke? Uh, Yeah, Thad Lewis. Thad. He's a cool motherfucker, dude. One of the coolest. I
2: sacked Thad in in preseason. I think I sacked him twice. That got me on the team in Jacksonville. The whole entire preseason that year in Jacksonville we had zero sacks going into our last preseason game and i had the only two sacks and i think that's yeah, the only easy reason for why you to stroll into the building like <laughs> like honestly <laughs> hey. like i feel like that snuck me in like literally snuck me into the building that that was my my second year yeah, that was my second year trying to get back onto the team. Scary, scary the second camp, huh? Oh, man. It was, was a whole, whole bunch of my, guys coming second, in just like you but last No, no, year. but it was second camp, wow. but, but my first Damn, year dude. camp in Jacksonville.
1: Tennessee is just
2: – Yeah, their defense is just playing – They're in the,
1: the backfield when they're doing a, a run play. Yeah, the front is, the
0: front's dominating. Yeah. Hey, we're going to play
2: the run on the way to the quarterback. And that's what they're doing. They're they're rushing. Like they're rushing. Yeah,
0: Simmons is rushing, and
2: and that's ends what, up that's in when the coach field. is saying, "Hey, play. We're going to play the run on the way to the quarterback, but these guys are going to throw the ball the majority of the game. So we're going to keep the pressure on them. Yep. And so, if you stay in your lanes, you should be able to make tackles if they hand the ball off. Probably
0: a whole lot of reset in the line of scrimmage talk. I mean, these guys are are very vertical. Landry's got a great jump so keep an eye on him make sure he's chipped let's go let's go get up the field get up the field big Look, guy They're doing exactly we'll what they that. need to yeah. on defense Uzama. Yep, hey, Over 30 Check down. Nixon's still stuck squarely at 21 it's fucking <laughs> it's Bro if you don't get another catch I am gonna take it up with upper management Whoa 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 is this is it are these like first half bets for you or just the whole game Whole game dude.
2: Oh, yeah. oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. You're being so greedy right now bro. Greedy Oh my goodness I want to
0: win man No I feel you You know I feel you I want to win Win bet. I'm like Joe Burrow right now. I want to win. I'm hot right now, dude. I was hot last week. I was hot the week before that. I've been hot since 2021. As, uh,
2: as a non-football player, yeah. Do the do the shoulder pad um, jackets look cool?
1: Actually, yeah. When they're all huddled up, <laughs> the coolest thing was I think it's that Packers picture from like 1960 or whatever. But all the dudes are wearing these like brown. Leather that's jackets when it looked cool. Yeah, that's when yeah. It looked, that was like legit. But I mean, even this. This is it, it, makes you think like I kind of want because are they sleeveless?
2: Yeah, they well, sleeves? they actually they have just sleeves, like, capes, I think, but yeah, but I honestly, think some of,
1: they're
0: all a little different, but yeah. they're basically like capes. Honestly, though, don't knock it till you try it. Like, you know, there's the big, you know, it's funny in football, there's the big sleeves, no sleeve, like pressure, perceived, like kind of right. macho thing. There is none of that when it comes to getting in that fucking thing on the sideline. In the uh, I'll wear no sleeves to spite people yeah, yeah, and then yeah. run to the sideline and be like, you know, Jimmy Lake, where the fuck is my <laughs> my little igloo, man? That thing's fucking warm. But here's
2: the funny thing. My, my girl brought it up to me the other day. She was saying that she thinks those are cool, but it's funny the spectrum of them. I hated them because... I wasn't like a top tier guy. So when guys came off the field limited. like Chris,
0: they're limited. They're limited. They're limited. Like, but I would never take it, one from someone. No,
2: no, you wouldn't. But like but when the equipment would. guys are looking like, hey, get me a jacket. Yeah, just, <laughs> it's just like if you're in the line of fire and you know you're a guy that's like on like the team, the 53 spectrum, bad, it's just like, damn, do I want to. Just take this off and offer it, or do I want to be embarrassed and get asked to take it off, knowing I'm going to have to take Why it off? Why can't
0: they put like a real life <laughs> little heat hut, you know, like yeah. kind of somewhere the on the sideline
1: re- at the restaurant? Just have no, room, no, like, they have them no. sometimes I mean, like, but they're not like big enough
0: space. There's oh. a fucking blue oh test. yeah, there needs is- to be. It needs to be a red tent because that would look every ridiculous. Every team gets their own field it would,
1: level club.
0: It would look ridiculous. Yeah, look yeah, a dude.
1: Field level hospitality. Yes, yeah. but imagine so like the Raiders the area that we were at. That would be their area. That would be sick, dude. <laughs> no,
2: imagine the optics of that though. Like the Raiders shit was so cool. No, was the great. optics of guys like running in there to be warm. Like a coach would probably hate that.
1: <laughs> what, so when you go on the field, does every player get a jacket? Um, the, no, it's, the it's
0: just they have. We're talking like, about. They have a That's few suitcases about. of them and. You know, why they don't have enough for everybody, no idea, especially teams that play in like the NFC North. Like, you've got this big glass stadium, you know, they're killing a bunch of birds, (laughs) and you don't have an extra couple G's to keep everybody warm on the team.
1: Now, Derrick Henry, he has his jacket. He would give it to somebody. He wouldn't like put it on the ground or put it like, No,
2: he just takes it off. You just takes you it know, it on like, and, When it you go in there, you it, just you just throw that thing off. Yeah. Someone's going to okay. grab it. Yeah. Okay. And for real, someone yeah. on the sideline who's coming off the field or someone on the sideline, they might try to grab it and throw it on real well, quick. Well, cuz
1: that would suck if you're it's all warm and then you go on the field and it's a quick three and out and you come back and
2: you had just Well, when it's the wet, it, when it's wet, dudes no, dudes need to be like No, kinda, so so look, they'll probably put them on the bench and if I I'll show you when they come back, those benches, they're heated and they have like heated pockets and some of the jackets they might gotcha. throw it over or right. and they Jacket have spots. Talk. They have spots for your helmet to keep right. the inside of your helmet warm. Fun, somebody said fun Green Bay. Yeah, on the Go back. Ahead. So if you see on the back of the benches, those stakes, there's like individual yep. stakes coming out. Yep. They have heat coming out of those. So you can put, yeah, they're, they're so like, those pads inside their helmet, they, they'll stay soft. Because those shits get, that's the worst. Put on a cold helmet.
0: Yeah, cold helmets are the worst
2: especially <laughs> you know a, so if you if you're on a team who doesn't have practice. that on the bench like heating up the helmet that <clears throat> should suck sometimes to have to put your helmet on and your pads
0: are kind of like frozen late in the season it hurts to put your helmet on every anyway, day yeah your 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 head is just like I'm tired of this Oh don't drop so the rock again, Oh this line is having a hard time sorting these pressures oh. I mean, this is just a basic edge pressure with Landry coming underneath, and we'll see if the guard's late. Look, he thinks he's got help. It seems like it's loud in there. No bueno, but just no bueno. They're
2: rattled. I think the I
0: think the crowd is helping out a lot. Totally rattled. Oh, slinging it. Oh, yes, he has not been great today. That miss, the pick. He missed uh, A.J. Brown on a third and 11. And
1: even that drop earlier by the uh, by the tight end that's it's on the
0: wrong, on the wrong side of him. Is, is yeah. He's turning up Tannehill field. does not look good. Folks, folks, Tanne- Tannehill does not look good. You know what? It might be Tannehill and Zach Taylor have a big history together. Maybe that's on his mind.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Not I think focused. he coached him
0: at Texas a It's
2: a home playoff game. You got too
0: much to I'm deal with. I'm fucking with you. I don't think he's really got that on his mind. But I read something about it.
1: A commenter asked, is there anything you would invent to make players more comfortable on the sideline?
0: Absolutely. The, that um, commenter
1: might be related to you. Diane Long.
0: Oh, awesome. Uh, great question, Mom. Uh, I would say like zero gravity chairs <laughs> um, or like a safe space. Maybe a safe space where you could like there's, there's a D line coach who doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about <laughs> yeah. and he's just not, he won't stop bothering you about something that didn't happen. <laughs> uh, can I go in my safe space? Ooh. Maybe Greg Williams is in a bad mood. Can I go in my <laughs> my safe space? I would go in the safe space to, to put Greg Williams in a bad mood. I love fucking this is Greg a good, Williams. This is a
2: good job not getting a penalty. Great question.
1: Great, yeah, great question. Dude. Oh what was no, that was a that, fumble it was, or nah, it was deflected. he threw it right into his hand. It's
2: fucking bad dude. it's bad. Right Tercy's defense is flaming
1: and all up. they need to do is, is rush four.
2: They're going to score uh-huh. they, if they score on defense, that's all they need to do is score on defense. Right oh
1: man, Andy got hit. golly yeah. They're having trouble. God
0: dog, dude, this can be tough.
1: Y'all are, are D linemen for the Titans. What are you saying to your fellow? You guys know you can get pressure with four. What are y'all talking about? Right
2: now, it's first is d D-Jo, And d D-Jo is D-J-O, and it means don't jump off sides because it's third and four. The easiest thing that oh, you sure. can – the You're worst right. thing you can do right now is jump off sides and give five-yard penalty mm-hmm. and give them an automatic first down. And it from- just
0: depends on the, 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 the head bob, you know, at home because, you know, obviously they're not going to be going hard count because you can't hear but what you are gonna be getting is that double and triple head yeah. bob, and that's the scary thing, like so. And also watching like the-, the
2: fake, if they're like the tackle tap, you'll see like the either the guard or the center, mm-hmm. like one of the guards will look back and maybe tap the center, and they might do fake ones of that, but they're just they're just going with it, yeah. It's Not a time to play around right now when you're trying to just get these yards. How
1: annoying, I. Yeah, I mean you guys weren't running backs or wide receivers, but how annoying would that to be? You you have the ball after the play, someone's scrapping at it.
0: Oh, we do it all the time. Yeah. It's, like, it's the mean, best. It's a major <laughs> it's agitation. <the> <laughs> do you oh, remember when uh Alvin Kamara got into it with um you Christian Wilkins on yo, Monday were, night? Yeah. Um, um You were gone, Chris. So it was because of that read. I mean, honestly, yeah, that's the fucking thing that, you know, ball carriers. I feel like they're traumatized from their coaches doing that the oh, entire yeah, training yeah. camp. Like, but, not yeah. even in a football sense, but just, go. like, the annoyance. And like, it's weird, one of those things for weird.
2: defense. If you knock it out a guy's yeah. hand, even if it's after the play, that can make that running back, like, right, think, right, like, right, damn, right. I'm not holding the ball yeah. the well, right that's way.
1: A, that's what because, like, he's obviously on the ground, but he yeah. can't – one in his a mind, he can't confetti? 100% let go. Not yet. Nope. Like, you never know. Like, so, like, they're
2: tall. And it's one of those things, too. It's like – even when you see the ball on the ground, like, good defenses, you'll see, like, defenders kind of rush to try to pick it up because, like, yeah, yeah, you always – it right. doesn't matter. Like, because the refs, they make mistakes all the time and they don't right, know right. what to do. And the worst thing you could do is just let a ball just, like, roll around. So you want right. to pick it up. So if it is something, hey, I have possession last.
0: That's another thing. Simmons just creating Oh, power. yeah. Havoc! Another tackle without going to the ground for Jeffrey nine, Simmons. Eight. Jeffrey Simmons just body slams people. Yeah, no, like the wrestler.
2: It's like a fifty-four yard field goal now.
0: Yeah, it's tough. You Ooh, can't do nice.
2: this. Yeah, rip to the sky and Just honestly, keep it going. Honestly, though, hey, for you guys out there, keep uh, that rip. You want to take that rip down? No, you keep it. Honestly, keep it
0: up and going. Run the circle. I think Burrow's got a. I think Burrow's uh-huh. got a move in that pocket. I know. I you know. I don't know how the mobility feels right now, but. There's a a vacant B gap to your right to kind of slide to step up and deliver a throw. I know it doesn't look like that, but I don't think that's a a clean, clean, clean win. Wow. Which means he's thinking about shit. His eyes are down the field. He's, you know, Burrow, I've always talked about how Grady is moving in the pocket. You know, If he's not able to kind of find pockets inside the pocket back there, he's probably looking at the coverage.
2: Simmons is having a game, boy. Just ball. keep hearing
0: his name, number
2: ninety-eight, baby. Wow. Boom.
1: Look at that! Four sacks and eight pressures on four man rushes.
0: Jeez. And that was the whole thing. Like, and you knew they were going to be able to yep. do this, and you. And a lot of people said, if they can do this, they're going to win this football game. And they,
2: you it's know, that and, muddle rush too. It's just like, hey, you can let him scramble as long as it's not outside the hash.
0: Yep. Saffold's still going. Saffold.
2: Yeah. Oh, I played an All Star game with Saffold. It's a good dude. You played against yeah. him too at Virginia, yeah. Indiana. Yeah, that was the that was the best game. We were beating the shit out of him, and Matt Conrath had the unfortunate <laughs> unfortunate. Pick of cards that he was going against Stafford, yeah. and like literally everybody was getting off and getting like stats that game except for Matt. Yeah, because he was just kept like coming fucked, to the dude. sideline. Everyone kept coming to the <laughs> sideline, being like, "Yo, I'm killing my guy. I just hit him with a spin move, this and that." And Matt was like, "Yo, my guy's good. <laughs> like the guy, <laughs> guy I'm guy going really... against, the guy <laughs> I'm going against is really good." And lo and behold, it was it was Stafford. I yo. remember
0: him telling that story. I think we ended up all teammates in St. Louis. Matt, Saffold, mm-hmm. overlap. Yeah, he talked about how damn good he was in college. I mean, he's been really good in the pros, too. He's got to clock and it. Clock, clock, and clock. Oh. Hand the ball to the official. Mixon watch TV. Yeah. Mixon watches TV. Joe Mixon made me money and he watches TV. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. He, he saw the, the debacle in Dallas, man. He saw it. Mixon watches TV. Thank you. Give the ball to the official. I mean, if they finish this thing with a touchdown, you catch. Yeah, them four. backside.
2: Oh, wow. Backside. Let's go, man. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Let me, I
0: want you. To... Who, day? who day This is the this this is the hottest person in America on the WinBet <laughs> app right now. You're looking at him. Let, let me look into the camera. I am the I am on fucking fire, dude. Outside that Philly pick last week, which is a you know is a blind spot. Hey. Call the fire department, man. This is incredible. <laughs> this year, Super Bowl Fifty Six is in Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, February Thirteenth. You can scour resellers to buy an overpriced ticket close to the day. Of course you can, or you can lock in the Super Bowl experience of a lifetime now with our friends at On Location. You want to craft a perfect confetti angel just like I did? Go to the game with On Location. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is offering you the most exclusive ticket packages available. Visit On Location, exp.com forward slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. Oh.